I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 101 of the podcast. Happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. Okay, dads, here we go. On to the next 100 episodes. I'm glad to have you with me here. And to start it all off, I have an amazing guest joining me today. Jason Schechterly is a first-class father who is a former police officer who was involved in a horrifying accident which should have killed him. But thanks to God and to the first responders and doctors, he is alive and doing well, and he will be here with me in just a minute. So please, stick around for the interview. I am only going to hit you guys with two episodes this week because of the Thanksgiving holiday. Joining me for episode 102 will be a phenomenal actor and first-class father, Max Martini. And after interviewing about at least a dozen Navy SEALs now, it will be exciting to interview Max, who has portrayed a Navy SEAL on the big screen in Captain Phillips. He has also played a Marine in 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. He played a soldier in Saving Private Ryan and so many other great roles. So please lock it in to hear my interview with Max Martini coming up in episode 102. Thanksgiving is coming up. It's hard to believe here. And uh, my daughter just had her little powwow in pre-K where the kids dress up as Indians and the parents, uh, we are the pilgrims. And I have to say that I am truly enjoying my daughter's pre-K experience. It is my fourth preschooler. So uh, obviously there is a little sentimental side to all this, but I am doing my best to savor the moments and stay present in them. I think the most difficult part of all of it is not having my parents around for any of my kids' milestone moments. Uh, My parents passed away, unfortunately, before I met my wife and started having kids. So as time goes on here, I've kind of learned not to hold those feelings back and try to avoid them. I kind of go right into them, acknowledge them, say a little prayer, and then bring myself right back to the present moment. Uh, But I will be lying if I said that it was easy, especially with my little girl doing all the fun stuff now in pre-K like this powwow. And so for those of you dads who are out there parenting without parents, uh, I hear you and I would love to hear from you. Uh, I would like to encourage you to reach out to me here. You can hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, drop me an email at firstclassfatherhood at gmail.com. And engaging with the listeners is something that I'm going to be doing right off the bat here after the Thanksgiving break. I will be joined by a couple of loyal listeners to get their opinion on the podcast and give them a chance to tell their fatherhood stories The first one I'll be doing is with a first-class father of 15 kids, Miguel Garcia, who reached out to me, and it will be exciting to have him on and try something a little different here. So please, lock it in, and I would definitely like to encourage you guys, reach out to me here. Uh, I'm available on all the social media channels. Instagram and Twitter is mainly where I hang out. You can drop me an email, firstclassfatherhood at gmail.com. And I am continuing to celebrate fatherhood here. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here. So let me smack you guys with a quick little spot, and I will be right back with Jason Schechterly. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now is a First Class Father. He is a veteran of the United States Air Force. He is also a former police officer. 
He is a keynote speaker, and there is a fantastic book written about his inspirational story called Burning Shield. Uh, it is an honor for me to say, Jason Schechterly, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, Jason, let's do this. How many kids do you have, and how old are they? I have three kids. I have a daughter who is 24. I have a son who is 20, and another son who just turned 16. Wow, okay, awesome. Uh, what type of sports or activities were they into growing up? Um, my oldest daughter was into uh, drama and theater in school. Uh, my middle son, he swam, and uh, he's doing hotel and restaurant management now. And then my youngest son is full-time baseball. Cool. Now, did you ever have the opportunity to coach them at all, or did you more cheer them on from the sideline? Yeah, I coached my youngest son, uh, and actually my middle son, when they were in grade school and middle school, I coached flag football and baseball, but once they got too good and a little too old, that was way above my pay grade uh, for my, my abilities. All right, I like your style there, Jason. I share a similar philosophy with my kids. I love to coach them between the ages of like four and nine and then let them go. Uh, please, Jason, take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Okay, I'm from Phoenix, Arizona, born and raised here, grew up wanting to be a police officer. I wanted to serve in the military, followed the footsteps of the rest of the men in my family, so I did four years in the Air Force right out of high school, and then a few years after getting out of that, um, found my calling to become a police officer. Uh, I was 26 years old. And just about 14 months into that career, I was involved in a line-of-duty injury where I received uh, severe burn injuries to over 40% of my body, neck, head, and face being the worst, fourth-degree burns. Wasn't expected to live through the injury. Spent two and a half months in a coma, five months in the hospital, uh, and a whole lot of recovery time, therapy, uh, loss of my eyesight for a long time. Uh, loss of half my fingers, and was able to battle through that uh, with an incredible family. I had two kids at the time, and I've only been married for a few years, and my wife stuck by me, and we were able to make it through it. We had another child 18 months after the accident. Two weeks after that, I returned to work and worked my way up to becoming a homicide detective, and then finally... Retired about five and a half years after that and was able to focus on just being a dad. And currently I am a full-time public speaker, get to travel uh, this great United States and share my story and meet some wonderful people. Yeah, it's such an inspirational story, Jason. And we're going to get to your book, The Burning Shield, in just a minute here. But I'm curious because I have four children myself, and I do know that one thing for sure, when they see something, they say something. So how have your kids kind of reacted to any comments or questions from their friends about your appearance? Well, I've been pretty lucky over the years. Being a police officer, and uh, because of the line of duty injury, my story was shared on the news a lot, so people were very compassionate. They pass it on to their kids. You know, I have a few instances, depending on where I go, children might tap their, uh, young kids might tap their parent on the hip and be like, look at that guy, or something like that, but then the parents will explain it to them. And I always take the attitude that, yeah, kids are, uh, <laughs> there's no filter, um, but they're, they're pretty incredible, and they just have curious little minds, and they're always, 
better off after they they see somebody with adversity. There's a lot that they can learn from it and and develop compassion of their own. Uh, my kids, you know, I I think it's been both good and bad. A lot of a lot of their friends growing up thought it was cool that like, oh, your dad was that guy who was in that accident or he was that police officer and uh, things like that. And then sometimes they you don't have to deal with, wow, what happened to your dad? Why does he look like that? And uh, so they've had to balance that. But I can tell you that all my kids are much, much better people for what they went through growing up in their adversity. Awesome. All right. Now, I would imagine as a former military man and a former police officer that you are a very well-disciplined person. But how are you when it comes to dishing out the discipline as a father? (laughs) Uh, You know, my dad, uh, he was an old school New Jersey guy from Asbury Park, New Jersey. And he had a a great way of disciplining me. I thought uh, it was kind of, uh, I would say, a quiet disappointment when I did something wrong. He never put a hand on me. I uh, was never, uh, never really had to raise his voice, but I always knew when I got out of line and I needed to straighten up. And I, I think I kind of do that with my kids. It's, uh, uh, a softer touch and, uh, I've been blessed. They, they're really, really good kids. They don't, they don't stray too far off course. They've never caused me any problems. They, they excel at everything they do. So thankfully, when it comes to the discipline side, I have not had to, exercise too much. I've been very lucky with them. Okay. Um, All right. One thing that's very big with me is reading. I am a ferocious reader and I always encourage my kids to read. What type of books uh, did you read to your kids or did your kids enjoy reading or having your wife read to them? Oh, man. Uh, You know, when they were super young, that was more the job of my wife just because my eyesight was so messed up. But uh, I know that they loved, uh, I used to love to watch the the old school cartoons with them and uh talk about you know like blues clues and bear in the big blue house and uh pb and j otter just those old ones for, well old now they they were still new to me but uh in the early 2000s uh, but i know that my wife read them a lot of the uh, thomas the train books and uh things like that Cool. Yeah, that's one thing I enjoy about the technology. It kind of gives us the chance to show our kids some of the old Saturday morning cartoons, you know, the old He-Man, Thundercats, uh, the whole bit. Yeah. All right. I'd love to get your opinion on this because unfortunately there has been a rise in school shootings. How do you feel as a former police officer about putting armed guards or armed police inside our children's school? Yeah, that is such a difficult subject right now. It's uh especially with what just happened in Thousand Oaks and the synagogue uh, a couple weeks ago. It's, it's just kind of nonstop right now. And I guess the way I look at it is until we figure out how to deal with the entire situation from the mental health side, the, the, the backgrounds and reasons why somebody is motivated to commit shootings like this, all the way up to gun control and uh, coming to some agreements on these assault rifles, when you take into account the dozens of factors that go into a school shooting, I would say that it's very necessary to put our police officers in schools because the bottom line is you keep people safe. I can't get on an airplane without being completely checked, and our skies are a lot safer. Our, there's been no instance of terrorism for a great number of years now because of the way TSA does things, so I wouldn't mind seeing that equivalent throughout the schools in the United States, because all that matters is our kids stay safe. 
Yeah, I agree with you 100% there. Am I? All right, it is now time for a word from today's sponsors, and I'll be right back with more of the action on First Class Fatherhood. Listeners know I feel like there is an attack on the family life, on family values in this country, and the more we trace these heinous acts back to the root of the problem, it's usually a breakdown somewhere in the family structure, an absentee father perhaps at the genesis of, uh, of the tragedy, and I believe the attack needs to stop. Family life needs to be celebrated and shown in a much better light here. I agree, and you know, I was just reading this morning about this uh, young man in Thousand Oaks, and uh, I know he's a military guy. And from what little little I've read, the two things that stuck out to me was that he's got some PTSD from what he saw in Afghanistan, and he reached out to the military. And I'm not sure that we're helping our veterans the way that we need to uh, on the mental side, but also a lot of his old friends are saying that he was bullied very badly, and that's something that that is my number one pet peeve. People who bully other people, it just absolutely infuriates me. It's unacceptable. You have no idea the damage that you cause. And to treat somebody else, you have no idea what they're about, anything about their life. And usually bullies like to take their insecurities and take them out on somebody else. And it just is complete BS to me. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, we're seeing a whole different style of bullying with social media bullying and cyberbullying. It's a whole nother bowl of soup. Yeah, I'm so glad I didn't grow up with, uh, I always tell my kids, you have no idea, growing up in the 80s uh, was just the, the greatest decade of music, the greatest decade of uh, friends, everything. I didn't have cell phones, and you're right, people, and you could just say anything on now anonymously on Twitter, Instagram, make fun of people. It's, uh, maybe I'm getting too old, I'm only 46, but it's uh, it's not fun to watch. I agree, and I am doing my best to educate myself on how to adapt to all the changes it brings because I'm going to have a teenager in my house for the first time in only a few months here, so I need to be prepared. Right. Yeah, it's it's just a whole different world. It's hard to navigate. I can't imagine what my grandkids uh, and your grandkids are going to live What kind of world are they going to live in? I pray to God a better one. All right, Jason, please tell me and my listeners now a little bit about the book, Burning Shield, the Jason Schechterly story, and where my listeners can grab a copy. Uh, it's only available on Amazon. Uh, very proud of it. It took me uh, eight years and three authors to get that thing right. And the guy who wrote it, Landon Napoleon, is just a phenomenal author. He's written many other books. And it really, he, he took the time to go and interview every single person who was involved, uh, even like the firefighters who were there saving my life. Even if you're standing right next to each other, you still have a different perspective you saw something different you heard something different you felt something different and he captured every person's voice from my the firefighters the police officers the doctors my family my friends and just really the entire story it's uh something i'm very very proud of and uh it's been out since february of 2014 and i think it sold about 5,000 copies but it's uh it's a great read i really really love it Awesome. Now, have you ever been approached to turn your story into a movie or like a TV series? Uh, no, I've done uh, I've done a few uh, what I would call, well, I guess, documentaries, reality shows. Uh, one of my homicide cases was featured on the first 48 on A and E. Uh, I did a CNN special a long time ago about the Ford Crown Victoria, which is the kind of car I was in, and very susceptible to rear-end fuel-fed fires. A lot of Police officers have died, countless civilians that you don't hear about on 
the dues. I've also done a hour-long uh, Discovery Health show about my some of my surgeries and things like that. But uh, as far as the movie and other things, uh, no. And I can't say is I'm disappointed because I don't. <laughs> I'm a little too uh, introverted and humble for for that side of it. I think. Well, we definitely need those stories. We we need those inspirational stories. They are so important for our society. Uh, and tragically, one thing that I hear far too often, especially from the young men, is that is they have such a negative outlook on fatherhood and family life. So I think it's important for them to hear how amazing fatherhood really is, especially from successful people like yourself. So how has fatherhood changed your perspective on life? Oh, yeah, I, I can't imagine feeling that way. Fatherhood is, for me, it's the single greatest thing in the world. Uh, my perspective changed instantly. I mean, I started young. And it was exciting, and I just loved the feeling of being a father. But then after my accident and spending five months away from home in the hospital, losing my eyesight, and then just the appreciation of hearing the sounds of their voices and understanding that these are lives that I helped create, and it's that's so much bigger than me, and I have such a responsibility. It's not there you know, their fault or their choices, what happened to me, and it made me want to fight harder. And then when my youngest was born, the way I look at that is it gives me a deeper appreciation for the work that the firefighters did, the, the doctors, my tissue donor who helped save my life. I mean, I encourage everybody to be an organ and tissue donor because when I look at my youngest son, that's an entire life that was created, and if he grows up and has three or four children, they grow up and have three or four children, it has no logical end. It can go on and on and on. And when you put it into perspective like that, I just – I think it's incredible. That's why we're here is to leave something good behind, leave the world better than you found it. And if you have children and you raise them right, then you could be proud knowing you're going to do that. Yeah, wow. Very well said, Jason. Um, all right, I know that you do some public speaking engagements. What do you have coming up that we could kind of be looking forward to? I'm headed off to Reno, Nevada tomorrow to speak to an organization called COPS, Concerns of Police Survivors. It'll be a group of people that have been affected by uh, the loss of loved ones in the line of duty, uh, such as that 29-year uh, veteran that was killed in Thousand Oaks a couple nights ago. Uh, a few days ago, I was in Covington, Louisiana, speaking to the Louisiana Organ and Procurement Association about organ and tissue donation. I've been doing a lot of those. Uh, been doing, uh, I was in New Jersey not too long ago, spoke at AXA Financial, uh, going to New York City uh, and Anchorage, Alaska, Michigan coming up. I've got quite a few scheduled, so uh, it kind of runs the gamut. I still teach at our academy here. I uh, teach a victimology class and share my story with the new recruits. So I stay really busy with my uh, uh, public speaking, and I'm also working here with Serenity Hospice. I went through the hospice process with my father about a year and a half ago, and it was just a beautiful experience to to see him have a peaceful transition, to give my family a chance to just be a family, say goodbye, not have to worry about the, the little details that you don't want to deal with while one of your loved ones is passing away. So I stay busy with uh, some things that I, I really feel a strong bond with. Okay, very cool. Now, is there a specific place my listeners can go to connect with you? And I will post that link in the description of this podcast episode. Sure. My website is burningshield.com, and you can contact me through email there. 
My Twitter is at uh, Schechterly underscore Jace, uh, as well as my Instagram. Those are my two social media things. I don't do Facebook or anything like that. But, yeah, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, shoot me an email through my website, uh, and you can find my book there and some info about my, my public speaking. Perfect. Okay, the link will be up there. All right, last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Jason, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Uh, The new advice is, I would just simply say, enjoy every single day, the good and the bad, the, the stress, the struggles, the achievements, because it goes by so, so fast. And my youngest just turned... 16 and got his driver's license and all those car conversations, all those trips to and from baseball practice, it's, it's coming to an end on my side and, and it's heartbreaking. Uh, it, and I just miss all those days that the time that I did get to spend because they grow up so fast and there's simply nothing like being a dad. Nothing. Well said. I love the message. Jason Schechterly, everybody, I really appreciate you giving me a few minutes of your time here today on First Class Fatherhood. I appreciate you, Alec. Thank you very much. All right. I'll be right back after a quick spot. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a major thank you once again to Jason Schechterly for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was awesome. Please hit me up on Twitter. Drop me a DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's podcast episode. I always love to hear your feedback. And join me right back here for episode 102. I will have First Class Father and awesome actor Max Martini joining me. Uh, That's all I got for you guys here. We are getting closer to Thanksgiving. Come on back. Join me for the next episode. I'd love to have you spread the podcast to every father that you know in your circle. Let's keep the momentum of the podcast going. Thank you for listening. I'll be here next time. I'm Alec Lace. You've been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.